Top five, top five, top five. Welcome back, welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of Top Five Podcast. Yours truly, Mike here. We got the first lady, Jovi E. What's up? That's me, y'all. We got Agent Baines. Another week, another dollar. What's happening? And of course, BX's finest, my man TB. What's good, y'all? And as always, you know, we start out every show with a with a special guest. Uh, today, we have another special guest on. Um, he's a man of many different traits. He's been involved in everything from uh, water to fitness to, you know, television, acting, engineering, all kinds of things. The list goes on and on. So we wanted to bring him on the show today. Uh, my brother, the one and only CEO, founder, whatever you want to call it, everything. I like this intro. Right? As well as a whole bunch of other stuff that we're going to get into today. We welcome him in. Sean, what's going on, bro? What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Nice to meet everybody. We need that? the applause sound effect. That was crazy no. just now. No, no. Yo, <laughs> he, was, yeah, he was building it. I, I felt like a guest pastor. You know, you sitting there, you got to be like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I, I was trying to find the Nori, the Nori joint on the drink channel. Make some news, goddammit. Make some news. Make some news, <laughs> some news goddammit. <laughs> you got to clap it up. Everybody just clap it up. Yeah. Uh, it's good to have you. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Like I said, man, me and his brother go all the way back, man, for 10 years plus, man. So like tell tell everybody a little bit about yourself, what you got going on, you know, just a little, just a little background about, about who you are. Hi everybody. My name is Shawnee Tape. I am from the DMV. I am an engineer, and at the same time, I'm also an entrepreneur. I have my own brand of water, which is the Tape Water and brand of flowers as well, Bouquet du Fleur. Um, I'm working on trying to get out nine to five right now, but right now I still have a nine to five. Um, that's a little background about me. All right. All Nothing right. wrong with that. It's, it sounds like you're an ultimate hustler at the end of the day. You got a lot yeah, of, I, of I, I can sell anything. <laughs> Just let me know. <laughs> I'll sell it. You're moving like 50 cent right now. You got a drink, you, you know, a television, like you get into the water. Hey, man, I, I look up the 50 Cent. I look up the people like that. I look at the Jay-Z's. I look at the people that diversify their portfolio for real. <clears throat> That's dope. That's dope. You want to um discuss like how you got into the, the water business? All right. So the water is a, it's a long story. But um, to try to make the long story short, um, the motivation was my aunt. Unfortunately, she passed away, but she passed away from cancer. And one of the main things that kept her alive um, was drinking water, just changing her diet and water was a big part of it so she made a statement one time about if she could live longer she would you know like she'll be continuing to drink more water or she would do something with water and I remember keeping that in my mind and I just kept that as a mental note so um a, a few days or a week I would say before she passed away it was an idea that I brought up to her and she, she let me she said she gave me her blessing, so that's how the water started. That's really, really dope. I like that you made the brand name, like your last name. What is, um like, I guess the heritage behind your last name? Okay, so Itape uh, is my last name. It's, it's French, it's um, from Cameroon. So my, my parents, mom and dad are from Cameroon, um, born and raised. French is the um, second national language, so it's English and French. We know who they was colonized by. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's dope. <clears throat> that's cool. That's cool. You talk. We talk about like 
you know, uh, generational wealth and, and you out here building generational wealth within your own family. So that's, that's what's up. How'd you, you know, get everyone in your family to buy into that, to that generational wealth? It's not necessary. I, I, when I do things, I kind of like, I run it past people sometimes just to get like the ideas and where their head is at. But the vision is basically like, you know, my vision. So people don't buy in until you do it and it becomes something. That's just the nature of humans. So if you go to somebody and say, hey, I'm about to uh, be a millionaire making cars that don't have gas, nobody's going to believe you until you just do it on your own and then everybody buys into it. So that's pretty much like how I came about with the water. I gave, I, I said it a few times to people, people like, oh, that's great. That's a good idea. But I just did it. And then it's like, that's such a great idea. That's just pretty much how I came to it. Jaden Smith shit. <laughs> yeah. Nah, that's mm-hmm. good. I was about to say, I don't think I ever heard of like somebody when, when I first heard about the water thing, I was like, dang, that's, that's that's one of those essentials that everybody needs, but nobody thinks about creating their own. You know what I mean? Like when we talk about creating our own, a lot of times, especially like people of color, we talk, I hate saying that, but <laughs> I couldn't find that. I don't know. That's <laughs> what it just sounded, I don't know, it sounded natural. But anyway, especially, you know, individuals like us, when we think of creating stuff, a lot of times we think about like, things that have to do with arts, whether it be music or sports or something like that. Um, and very few times do we think about like essentials that we need every day, like essentials that we need. Like you look at people like Master P who has, you know, noodles and, you know, just everyday essentials yeah. that- Cereal. Yeah, things that we need. So like water, that's like something that everybody uses, everybody needs it. But in our community, it's just like, when we think about having our own, for some reason, it's never like the essentials. Do you think, I guess because you have both best of both worlds, you being from PG County, but also having that African heritage, you think that that kind of helps you look outside the box and think outside the box when it came to like the entrepreneurial spirit and things like that? Uh, for sure, for sure. I mean, it just gives me a different perspective on life, right? Um, my parents and their upbringing, they were brought up a certain way. So that I, I have that perspective and also how I was brought up here. I mean, I also, I have like the best of, you know, like the both worlds, like the balance. They give me different ideas and things that I wouldn't even think of or my peers wouldn't think of. And then on the flip side, I go on the other side and get ideas from there. Yeah. Hey, do you ever be out in public, you know, and see somebody drinking Dasani and like, yo, yo, what y'all doing? What y'all doing? Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Like uh, when I go out, I, I don't even order water anymore. Like if you know, like if anybody that knows me, I go out and they bring out water. I don't even drink it. It's just, it's just a habit now. Like, or if I see somebody, if I have my own Competition. water, if I see somebody with water, I have my own water. I just always say, Hey, try this and let me know. But you know, there's people that say they're um, water enthusiasts, right? And there's nothing wrong with drinking water. I promote all water, right? It's not like my water is the best water for you because water is needed. The body is 70% water and you need water. So I just like to say, hey, try it out. When they try it out and they taste it and they're like, wow, this is this is good. Cause you know, a lot of times when it's coming from somebody of color, a lot of people are hesitant to, to try things. With me, the reason I also brought different waters with me here today, right? Just to let you know that it's not like I would discriminate and only drink my water. My water is very good, but like there's other brands that are are good as well. So I look at my competition, what they're doing, and I do it better. So it's like, like I try water. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I love Costco. 
they have really good water there as well. I'm going to get my water in Costco. That, that's like a great idea. Said about uh, like people being, especially like people who look like us being hesitant to like buy into, why do we do that to each other? Why are we so brainwashed to be like, mm, that nigga's winning. I, he must've did it some shiesty way. Like I was watching, what's the show? Um, the comedian Michael Shea, he has okay. a show on HBO Max. And he was saying something how like black people always think that like when someone makes it big in like the entertainment industry, they had to do something shifty to get there. And so then he had this skit where it was like him trying to choose between his aunt and his uncle who he was gonna sacrifice to get this like big role. I'm like, why do we why do we always look down on each other or like just like when white people, we trust them confidently with our money. Any any other race, Asian, any other race, we can trust them confidently with our money, but like our own we like mm. gotta be like a slave mentality mindset or something because like i've like i'm not gonna say i've thought the same before but i know people that's like oh no nah, i'd rather go over here and it's like damn but you should support him be black you know like post-traumatic so I, I, slave syndrome that's yeah that's what, it is. that's what it is um we can go back and forth about it but a lot of this is you can tell it's systematic it's something that was built and ingrained in this um, self-worth um when you see another person, you don't value them as much as you would value somebody else. That's just basically what it is, right? Um, I'll leave it at that. You think like, does that happen in the African community as well? Do you see? Yeah, it does. I mean, there's this classism in every community, right? But the one thing I would say in the African community, we are more unified, right? Um, and for example, um, I went out yesterday, I'm Cameroonian, and um, I went out yesterday and I was looking for some African food and I found a Nigerian spot, right? Went over there, a lot of times people have like the bickering of whose food tastes better and all of that. But when you're hungry and you wanna eat some food that reminds you of home, you just, it, West Africa, you go over there. So I get there and I played a little joke um, cause the guy tried to play a joke on me. And we end up, I ended up getting a bunch of free food and a bunch of food because he would automatically embrace me as, family didn't care where I was from right there was no like competition like oh your food over there and that restaurant over there is uh better or worse but it's it's like we value each other we see each other we know each other's struggle type of thing why do you think so I was I Ethiopian place recently and it was like my first time there I knew that I I enjoy Ethiopian food but I've never gone where I was like ordering myself so I was lost as to like what to order I usually go in like a big group and like somebody else just like kind of knows what to do mm-hmm. and there was like a a feeling of like coldness where like they weren't as accepting and I'm like well like why don't we all feel that like from I mean we're not part of the African community but like we are from the African community, you know? Why isn't If that you like- have, to be honest, I don't like really touching on like color and all that, but like this, this, this states some facts, right? If you do have some melanin or color, you are African. I don't right. care where you're from, right? We're not gonna discuss that, but it's more so just how we were treated growing up, right? Uh, how a lot of people come, came here and living here, how they were treated. So their first like, you know, response is to, you know, be cold. Like, for example, like I said, so what happened yesterday was when I got there, I had my mask on and I got there. It's not like everybody says you don't know what an African can look like. Right. People will be like, oh, you look African. You don't look African. Nobody knows what that looks like. 
But I get there, I have my mask on and I'm walking up there and the guy is all the way in the corner and he's like, hey, um, how can I help you? So I walk all the way over to him and he was like, I'm just playing, you order over there. So he was playing a joke on me because, you know, like he was assuming that I wasn't African. So then on the flip side, I flipped it around and played the whole trick of, dang, you know, like I'm so far away from home. I don't have no family over here. And I just want to have some food that reminds me of home. Right. And he was like, oh, where are you from? I was like, oh, my parents from Cameroon. I haven't had the food in so long and all of that. So I played that card and he was like, oh, this is your family now. He pulled out his <laughs> wife, pulled out his son. It was like, remember his face. They had me pulled out my mask, smiling, everything. Like, remember his face. Next time you see him, give him some food. And I was like, yo, make sure you look out for him. This is our brother now. He's home. Right. Damn. And it was a great feeling because in their eyes, they don't really know that I like I'm very in tune with my culture. But in their eyes, it's like they embraced me when once I wanted to embrace them. Word. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna start having to hang with you. you Word, I was just saying that, like, hey, you get the free food perks. I'm yeah, so I had, I, not only did they give me like free food, he added on top of that, like, gave me his number, card, and all of that. Like, I was like amazed. I, I, I wish I had that card to play. Like, are you guys? Word. I wish I had that card to come out. I'm Shit, not. I get free food. So you always know not in that spot. For example, I have another friend that's, that's fine. You know, you have a direct line. You know exactly where your peoples are from. Okay, I have one even better for you. Direct line. I got. I gotta get through. Go through hoops and ancestry. I. I'm not doing all that. <laughs> you don't have to do all that. Like, so I have a friend right now. She, matter of fact, she's DMing me because she found out she was um, 75 percent from Cameroon, and the other side is like West Africa. So I, I've been, you know, introducing her to African food, sending her to different restaurants. When she goes, she tells them, I am, for, I am here. Like, who's going to deny you that? True. Nobody's going to deny you that. Nobody has the power to say you're not from somewhere. Unless TB. If TB walks in somewhere and says he's West African, he's getting caught. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, he could get the dough. Like, remember, we were also colonized by the French, right? So we do have a lot of, you know, we have every shade of black. In Cameroon, like, for the record, I am not white, but you know, let's get let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. <laughs> Evie, just say South African, you'll be all right. You know, what? I, ain't, I ain't Steve Nash either, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. I might I might have to pull that card. Hey, man, it works. Trust me. Just pull it. Like, just name a place in Africa and go somewhere and just claim it, and don't say, "Oh, I think" or none of that. Just claim if I was it. to say Morocco. Like where French Montana's from, I could yeah, probably get away with that. I mean, that works in every country. There's every shade of people, right? No matter like true. you know, there's there's a lot of people like you know that are say they're in indigenous to certain land, but I mean that doesn't say that people didn't branch out and people travel. Like right now in Cameroon, in West Africa, there's a lot of Chinese people there that live there. Like are like they speak their languages, and that's normal now. Like if you go on the street. And you go to a market that you would you can meet a, an Asian there. They are good. It's funny. At, is it assimilation? Is that what it is? They're good at just because yeah. that. Oh, I noticed that in Spain as well. There was a very heavy Asian mm -hmm. population there. They own their own business. They know the language very well. I was like, mm -hmm. same thing in Jamaica. They Jamaica. That's what I was about to say. It's funny you bring that up. Jamaica. I had went to Jamaica and I went to a shop. It was like a gift mm -hmm. shop, and the dudes were Arab. 
but they would they had the Jamaican accent. So I asked my driver, I was like, yo, like, are they from Jamaica? Or like he said, Yeah, they they one of us. And I was like, What? I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like they had the whole, they was talking slang and everything. I was just confused. Like, damn. that's how it is. Like people adopt the culture and then they just, you know, find ways to make it work. Everybody's all about self-preservation and preserving, you know, themselves. So they find ways to just make it everywhere in the world. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the most important things. Like if you're young, travel. You gotta like travel the world, see different things. Cause like if you don't know that that exists and if you don't know that they're like Asian Jamaicans and, and you know, white Arab, yeah. then like you're literally keeping yourself in that one box. Like- I so agree. Anybody yeah. listen to this, if you're young, like this, that's one of if our- you're old. If even if, yeah, you're, if old. you're young, you're old, young, whatever. Old, travel. It's never too late. Travel the world, like do something different. But, Step but, the box. but let's create that generational wealth gap so that we can travel freely the way we want to travel. Yeah, close the gap. Close, yeah, I mean, we're doing that now. Millennials are bridging that gap, mm-hmm. right? Millennials bridge that gap of that that whole generation. Well, I would say, I don't like to like use the word black millennials, but I would use it for now, right? <laughs> But we really are bridging the gap. We are the first generation that are like we've learned our wealth, like you know, like our worth. We know exactly how to move and like when it comes to corporate, a lot of us are like, you know, get a job we don't like, it, quit and go into other jobs. Like people back in the day don't didn't do that. Like you got a job and you work till sixty-five you retire. <laughs> Millennials find out, hey, we found the finesse in the game. Is like, hey, we have these skills yeah. and we're good. Hey, if you don't want to pay me what we want to pay and we don't like where we at, we're out and we're going to figure it out. Like we can we're bridging that whole gap. We're buying houses younger than our parents did. So, I mean, it, it takes time, but I mean, it's, it's happening. There's no way you can stop us. Like our generation is bridging that. Also when it comes to, um, you know, love between Africa and here, the, the millennial generation has really bridged it because from music to, you know, just the culture, everybody wears, you know, African clothes now, go to African restaurant, listen to African music, and it's realized that, hey, it, it also resonates with you because music is music, food is food. You know, there's certain things you didn't even know that your body was craving once you tasted it. No, I agree. I'm not gonna lie, like growing up in New York, I knew a lot of Africans, but I wasn't like really close with them like that. Yeah. Like living in Maryland made me like be closer around Africans and I got to know certain people and heritages and I was just like, like, damn like okay like you know what i'm saying it just introduced something new to my life that i didn't have when i was younger so i definitely agree with like african millennials or african black whatever you want to black people you know what i'm saying just coming together and just yeah. doing what they do black people coming together i right. think this generation or the generation like we're in now they we just have more access to like knowledge and like we're all we all like see the oppressor sometimes I don't, I don't want to say all the time in the full, but like we know who like is the bad guy here and it's not, it's not really us, you know, whereas we've been ingrained to believe other things in the past and now we're just like becoming really enlightened because, you know, like Duke was social media. We have access to all this access information. Access to everything at, a, at the, the tips um, of our fingers, man. Exactly. Like we could for me, for me um, so my family is uh, mainly Dominican and okay. so there's this, I know we've talked about this on the pad before, but there's this whole big thing of, I know black, I Dominican, and my, <laughs> my mom's side of family is definitely not that, you know? Um, so she not only t- was about, like, was talking about it, but she was so about it that we took a family trip over to Ghana when I was about 
11 and you know I'm eating rice beans and all the shit that I would eat in DR and I'm like oh like like that ass it was a boat like literally a boat stop away from another you know reality and that really like made me come to terms with all of it and with that like and so now I actually have the opportunity to travel to South Africa this summer and I'm really fingers Fingers crossed that I can do that, but that's really dope. I think one of the dope things about our generation, uh, the millennials, is that we're making it, I guess, normal for you to kind of, you can be fly and be luxurious without having to, you know, be an entertainer, without having to be a rapper, without having to be an athlete. Like, we're mm -hmm. everyday people, but we, we live a fly lifestyle, you know what I mean? Like, millennials, we travel, we dress nice, we have nice cars, we have nice homes. You know, we you can still live that luxury lifestyle, and that's important. Like I know for me, working in education, it's important for younger kids to see that, like to see that you know you don't have to just be you don't have to be you know an entertainer, rapper, you know anything like that. You don't have to sell your soul to to, yeah, to entertain. Sure, for sure, for sure. I mean, like you could be you could be a fly everyday person that does what you love, whatever it is that you love. You can do that, make a career out of it, and you know kind of go from there. Like that's the best thing I think I like about our generation. Yeah, for, Not for really. a fact. Now go ahead, Sean. No, like um, me and um, one of my close friends, Solo, we go and speak to a lot of kids, right? And then a lot of kids, like, sometimes they will follow us and then they listen to us based on what they see, not what we say, right? And it's like, we, we, we are that generation that's changing all that. We are the generation that's, like, showing them it, it's cool to also, you know, to work and live a life and still have fun, like have a work-life balance. A lot of people didn't have that. Our parents didn't show us the work-life balance unless we, like, you know, snuck out and saw them or, you know, they had like one or two parties, but they had to have a work-life balance as well. But we millennials are the best to show them because also social media, like yeah. we have access to everything and everywhere in the world, which helps because it's the first time that everybody in the world can see what's really going on. Like, yeah. um, before, like, we only could see stuff on TV or the news and all of that, but now you literally have access to everybody through a phone. And it was dangerous that before we only had access to it through news and TV because that's, like, propaganda that they're, like... Yeah, because they, they control it. We know what's going on from them, but then, like, whole time, we, on social media, seeing what's really going on. Yes, like, that's the thing about our, our generation and the generation behind us. Like, they believe a lot of stuff, like, or they're just... Like they accept a lot of things, like just it, like going back to like working a job forever until you retire. Like, nah, like you know what I'm saying? Like, we're gonna do yeah. what we want to do. Like, this is the, this isn't the old days where we're gonna do what you tell us just because mm -hmm. that's the right way to do it. It's like, nah, we could create our own rules and do what we gotta do. You're right, TB. You ever talk to somebody older and ask them about the vaccine, and they just got a whole different opinion about it compared to what like our generation talk think about it? Yeah, for for uh, sure. Yeah, a lot of the times they're just going along with it because that's what they heard on the news. A lot of times you'll hear, yeah, they said, and it's like, who is they? Like, a lot of times I'll be having to ask, like, older people, like, when they'd be like, yeah, they said X, Y, and Z, and they'd be like, who is they? Then it's like, damn, I don't even know who they is. And it's like, exactly, like, what are we doing? Like, one thing that we can get the vaccine, note it, let's note there. I don't, publicly, I don't have anything wrong with I'm fully vaxxed. But go ahead, Mike, what you was going to say. <laughs> now, I was just saying, I think fully vaxxed. Really Vax weird. boys. Vax boys? I don't know. That just sounded really suspect. Fully vaxxed. I don't know. Fully vaxxed. But <laughs> you went to Brazilian vax to get that? But nah. Now, <laughs> now, but for real, like, 
the, like I think the biggest thing that our that our generation has to pass down to students now and kids now is just the ability to to be critical thinkers. Like nobody's telling you what to think or what to do. Just be able to decipher that and like come up with that on your own. So like mm-hmm. I've like been a hot debate uh, like for a while within like education and, and kids is like when you talk about trades and you talk about like how they like the curriculum in high school and the curriculum and really pretty much grade school all the way to where they graduate what's the best way that i guess y'all think is to prepare the next generation to be critical thinkers and to be like movers and shakers and not be robots because on one hand you have like a liberal approach where you teach them you know kind of a broad perspective on everything that's kind of like the high school i went to we had a little bit of everything um and then on the other hand, you have like vocational approaches where you have schools that specialize in whether it be tech or they specialize in. Yeah, so that, that I'm sorry to interrupt you, Mike, but that just like um, brought me to what I was thinking. Um, I believe that they need to start going back to teaching trades and skills in schools and high schools and colleges, right? Growing up, I remember um, in some schools they had home ec, they had like, you know, fixed the like being a mechanic and stuff like that. Like yeah. just little things that you know how to fix this and put this together. But when you have skills, you will always be able to get a job or be able to be paid under the table or above the table. You don't table. need to go to college. Right, you don't need to go to college. Like college is great if you are going into certain fields, like, you know, becoming a doctor, lawyer, like, you know, engineer, but not all the time is it great. Cause that's a lot of money. It puts a lot of people in debt. And at the same time, it like, you're getting in the workforce and you don't have like what it takes to be able to sustain yourself. Honestly, I, I, I completely agree. Like if they start bringing back trades in high school and stuff, like there's no reason for kids to really even, a lot of times kids go to college because they're told to, like they don't really necessarily know, or mm-hmm. you're going to school for a major that necessarily you really didn't even need to go to college for Like, so a lot of people are just picking majors just because I think, I think they definitely should have they should they should structure it a certain way though because i have seen high schools that are like strictly almost vocational and like mm-hmm. it's choose a path when they're like in ninth grade or tenth grade and then they stay on that path through like graduation so i don't think it should be in that like at my high school it was an elective so you had like shop you had cosmetology you had auto tech those were electives so you can take it for a year or two but you weren't stuck in that track so like I think as long as they bring it back, but don't have kids be stuck in there, because who's I agree. like you can't pick a career at fourteen years old without really knowing it. So yeah, I agree. So yeah, at eighteen, I feel like you not even like I I feel like now like like that's another thing like back in the day is like you asking people like, um, what do you want to do or like do you, you know what you yeah. yeah and it's like damn like I don't even know what I want to do at twenty one like and everybody to be honest you don't even know what you want to do at twenty nine yeah like this is I feel like it's just a progressing thing. And I feel like that's something the last generation brought on to us. Like, yeah, so what do you want to do when you get older? You have to stay on this path and just stay there. Like, What happens, like life stops people from dreaming, right? When you're a kid and you're a child, you have a crazy imagination and you want to do this and you can literally do anything and you're allowed to think that way. But then when you start going to school, they start training you. This is what you need to be like and this is how you're supposed to be and how, what you're supposed to do, what kind of job you're supposed to get. Like a lot of people like are trying to figure it out. Like our parents figured it out, had us. Now we're the next generation of figuring it out as well. We're figuring out a little bit better, I think. But still on the fly. We still Yeah, but we're still trying to figure it out on the fly. Like 
I use my life as an example for a lot of uh, kids when I speak to them. Like, I went to school to be a doctor, graduated biochemistry degree, and I'm an engineer in a whole nother like lane. But it's possible. It's like, I mean, doesn't mean my degree goes to waste. There's no knowledge that's ever wasted, I would say. But at the same time, it's like, just be open. Just like, there's no, like, there's just endless opportunities out there. Another really good option. I hear that at like you guys were talking about like at the bigger levels, high school, middle school, that kind of thing. But in order for a kid to really know like what they want, they have to spend time doing a bunch of different things where at mm -hmm. most schools, they don't really have that opportunity. I don't know too much about this style of schooling called Montessori schools, but I know that like a lot of times their model is to just let kids spend time doing something and figuring it, figuring it out on their own kind of thing. And mm -hmm. then in that, you'll see what they're like, like in tune with. And I think that really helps them just stick with what you're in tune with, if that's something you'd like. And then later on, like you can see if that's something you want to go on long term. But I think a lot of times we're just bombarded, like kids are bombarded with just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You don't spend too much time in one thing. So now then you get to middle school and you're like, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? You got to you got to choose. You got to choose. And people are making panic decisions in that. But like it starts even before that. Right. That's, That's definitely way better than, you know, graduating high school and then you have to pick a major and just stick with that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, like, like you were saying, Sean, college isn't for everybody, but I think that uh, they should bring trades into um, high school just for the simple fact that technology is running everything. Right. So we're going to be those parents who uh, our kids are going to have to adapt with the technology and that's what's really going to make money. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, them getting into technology and starting to learn STEM, STEM, their sciences, you know, technology, you know, engineering math, that's going to increase their, their value into their stock because those are the jobs that are always adapting. And that's what's really going to create that generational wealth. You know, like we talked about mechanics, right? Uh, do you know that you could, to change a tire in NASCAR, you can make 380K? But that's using your hands and you don't need to go to college for that. But that those are the those are the yeah, things. Out there at that joint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Real quick. <laughs> but you can make a lot of lucrative bread using your hands and our community does not know about. So is is if our community is adapted and willing to learn about these type of things outside of basketball, football, you know what I mean? That that only one percent make it in and mm -hmm. you can do this until you're 40 and create you know, a nice living for yourself, then we should, we got to know about these things. But I think that technology and uh, our kids learning and adapting with technology is going to help that, that generational gap. But high school, college is not for everybody. Yeah, I will say definitely, like, we have to, we have to hold our schools accountable in our communities. We have to take our education, like, seriously, like parents, uh, just general citizens, you know, when we look at our kids' curriculum, we have to take that into account, like, okay, bringing that up, we have to attend PTA meetings and be involved in the school board. That's one thing that our community doesn't really have a history of is being in our kids' school. And so like, we have to be the change that we seek, you know what I mean? Because I went to, I was fortunate enough to go to a high school on the other side of the tracks where I, people didn't look like me. And it's one of the richest counties in the nation, one of the best school systems in the nation. And their approach was completely different. The things that they offered their students was completely different. Like it was just like we're talking about, they offered you all these different tracks, everything I named plus a whole bunch more. And they offered them so like you had the ability to choose, you had the ability to learn about it. 
But then I've seen other disenfranchised communities and they just give them something. They're like, all right, this school, we have four tracks, pick one in your ninth grade year, stick through it through graduation. Like that's not the approach that it has to take. But I think we we gotta definitely get involved in our education, our public school systems, whatever it is in your community, we gotta be the change we seek. Whether you have a child or nephew, niece, whatever, pay attention to their curriculum and hold the schools accountable for it. No, that's that's true. And not to say that once you get into that or you put that child in the school on the other side of the tracks, like you put it, that they're good. Because I can't tell you how many times like those students are overlooked in those schools, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I have, when it comes to like student support services, the parents who are the most annoying are the ones who get the services for that child. Mm -hmm. And the, the parents who know the system, which usually isn't us because we just blindly believe the school system and blindly like trust that they're doing the best for every child. Like the parent who knows the real system is the one who's getting things done for their child, whether they really, really need it or they don't. Those are the ones who get serviced a lot of times. So like, like Mike was saying, like do your homework, like stand 10 toes behind that. But like at the same time, then we have like schools like in Texas where they just passed this, um, this bill where they don't, they don't not only do teachers not have to teach um, like curriculum that has to do with race or like history and oh, things, yeah, like don't have to um, go to any kind of equity trainings or racial trainings if it makes them feel uncomfortable. I'm like, why you gotta go to HBCUs? Didn't they also pass that in the, in Texas, like with middle schools and elementary schools? I mean, in Tennessee, sorry. In yeah, Tennessee. that was just recently, I believe. That was recently in Tennessee. They did it in elementary school where you can't um, talk about or teach on African-American, you know, studies and things like that. That's crazy. They might not have the language to describe what they're experiencing, but they experience it and they know nonetheless, like the racials, they experience it. They might not have the language and the vocabulary to describe it, but they already know what's up, you know? That's it's Frustrating. Do you feel like um your life would have been any different if you didn't go to HBCU? Because I know like certain times, uh, sometimes people like for example, uh, people will say, "Oh, well, you need to go to a, a regular school to prepare yourself for the real yeah, world." I mean, you have like, I mean, my parents like I'm not gonna get me wrong. My parents also wanted me to go to you know, uh, you know, PWI. HBCU was purely my choice, right? Because it goes back to the same thing of how a lot of people don't, you, we're very hesitant when it comes to our people. Um, I would say when it comes to going in HBCU, it really like shaped me to who I am. I, my life will be completely different, to be honest. Um, it, it taught me how to hustle. It taught me how to, you know, persevere. It taught me how to, you know, finesse, you know, being in that, in, in, in an office, trying to figure out, hey, am I going to get a scholarship? Am I going to do this? How am I that? like, you know, get student loans, trying to figure that out, calling, people not answering, running to this place. It happens at all HBCUs. And then it, thank God I got to experience two HBCUs to actually see that now, you know what? It's just a thing. And then you hear the same thing from other people at other HBCUs. It really just helps us, you know, become like who we are. Which HBCUs did you attend? I went to Hampton, like summer freshman year, and then I graduated from Bowie State. Bowie State is like what made me me. Yeah. yeah. I will say like, in regards to people who say you don't get real world experience or you don't get diversity, people don't understand that black people are diverse. 
like right. bigger than just color. So like yeah, you, can, you can go to HBCU and see all kinds of people with different socioeconomic backgrounds, different religious beliefs, different, from different places, different yeah, cities. Exactly. Yeah, different city, city, all, all country. Kinds of different countries, you know what I mean? So just because you know you all may be, you know, descendants of Africa, we all may have melanin in our skin or whatever the case may be, doesn't mean that so you still get that diverse, that diversity and all that stuff like that. And who's to say, like, who's to say the real world isn't black people? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like who's to say our employer or, like, our, the CEO that might hire us is not I, black? I what you, say, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you got to prepare for the real world. Your boss is so going to be white. Yeah, you're just assuming I'm not going to work for a company with black people is what you're saying. Or, like, yeah, right? Most people are, but I mean... I mean, in hindsight, like, you can't knock, like, our parents and stuff that wanted that because they, they're looking for what's best for us, right? But on the flip side, us going to an HBCU, we're like, hey, you know what? We can turn out just fine. Like, now our generation, our kids are all going to go, like, HBCUs and, like, change it. Like, if you notice, like, all these HBCUs are getting funding now. Like, states are starting to see the importance because we are responsible for 50% of the the, the most, you know, the workforce, the all people that are law lawyers, doctors, and all of that, you know, specialists. All of it. That's black excellence right there. Yeah. We're everywhere, honestly. I a lot of the, no, go ahead, Jolie, my bad. I personally didn't go, I didn't go to an HBCU. They was trying, they was asking for too much on those applications. I, I they yeah. was <laughs> It was too but much, huh? I, um, I loved reading. I want to say Ta-Nehisi Coates. It was either in um, The Beautiful Struggle or, um, between the world and me, where he was describing his like, ex or it might've been both actually, where he was describing his experience on like coming upon like Howard, which he called the Mecca and like, because he grew up in Baltimore and like the, all the different types and of people that he saw like under the African diaspora at this school. I was like, that sounds like such a lovely experience. And I hate that I didn't get to experience that. But like you said, Sean, like my kids are Pick one of the HBCUs because that's that's homecoming. Like homecoming is like one day to try to like summarize the whole HBCU. Experience. You go to one homecoming, you I basically went to, went to the HBCU low key. <laughs> you get the whole experience in one in day. One day, literally. The first year I moved out here to DC, that was like the one thing I was looking forward to, and it was the only one I got because the next year, like COVID. <laughs> canceled everything, but that was the one experience I got of homecoming, and I was like, ooh. You gotta also come to Bowie. Like Bowie yeah. is a family. Like trying to um, tell you. it's a different vibe from like it's a, Howard it's and all that. Literally a whole different vibe at Bowie. Like I've gone to plenty of homecomings. I've lived in Atlanta. I've lived in Albany. Like there's Albany State. There's Valdosta and all of that down there. I've been to all these different schools, but Bowie is something different. It's like when you see people that you went to school, we 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 see each other like family. We just give each other hugs. Like it's just it's it's a different vibe. You gotta come, and there's a lot of love and hospitality. Okay, I gotta put that. Howard was definitely the first one on my list for so many reasons, but Bowie is. Might on be my disappointed. Yeah, there's what's the school Clark is on my list, either Clark or Morehouse. I hear nah, that. You got, oh, you got to go to- They're uh, both the same. They, 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 they all the same circle, they have, yeah. Like, Spellhouse homecoming. Yeah. Clark actually has their different, like if you go to Morehouse, it's filming together. Clark is across the street from them. And they kind of sometimes may fall and have a different day for theirs, but they try to get all of theirs at the same time. Even though I really feel about Atlanta as a whole. I'd be like, it's cool, but like, Y'all be doing a y'all be doing a lot out there, and I'm like, oh. Black Hollywood. 
Yeah. And it, hey, Low key. It is black Hollywood for real. How I ended up on this show was literally walking on the street. Somebody meet me. Like, you fly. Like, you know, people always talking like, yo, like, I'm this, 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 this person. I'm this, this, that. I know this person. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not really taking it serious. They ask me my name. Find me on Instagram. Pe- different people are reaching out to me. All of a sudden, like, I'm flying out somewhere. All of a sudden, like, I'm this camera's in my face. So, like, you can't knock Atlanta. Like, Atlanta is love. Like, yeah, Atlanta's where it's at. It's not a land of opportunity for us folks. Not to knock it at all. I think in general, I'm more of a like behind, like I would rather be a fly on the wall. And it's like being a fly on the wall in Atlanta is like my sensories are on overload. It just be a lot to like, and I'm like, the visual I had in my head of an Atlanta fly, like the visual I had in my head of a fly on the wall dressed in like everything from Linux, like fronts. Hey, <laughs> that's just that's it. When you said fly in the wall, that's the first thing that came to mind. Out of like, pocket, out of pocket. Atlanta fly. Word. Sean, let's talk about this show. You was, you know, you uh, you, you know, you was you was on the show in Atlanta. What's up with it? What happened? Yeah, so I was on um, Bravo TV Blind Date, uh, season one, episode five. Uh, it was definitely an interesting experience. Um, one, I didn't think it was real. Right. When um, the first time it all like how everything went down, sometimes I still try to go through and see how it happened. I didn't think anything was real, like because people were like talking to me, like how I'm talking to y'all. But like th- it was like we're we're actually signing contracts and stuff right after we get off the, the, the Zoom call, which was so weird to me. I'm like, yo, this is real. And then they paid me. And I'm like, yo, I'm getting paid to date like this is so crazy like i do this don't put a question mark don't put a question mark where god put a period okay <laughs> like, i'm like i'm getting paid to do date like though like at that time of my life i was really dating like every week every day like, like this, this sounds like day. atlanta yeah i was really, like honestly trying to find you know find my queen so like i'm just you know weigh my options because a lot of times if i'm in a relationship i'm really faithful so when I'm out of it, I'm like, let me explore my options. So this this opportunity came at the perfect time. I was like single. I was like, why not? Get on there. Um, I thought they were going to give us like some type of brief, like, hey, um, this is what's going to happen. It was literally like, all right. There you go. <laughs> they gave me a guy called a Wrangler, right? So a guy that basically like keeps all my stuff, like my phone, my wallet and all of that. And um drives me around gets me anything that I need if I'm like if I'm hungry he can give me exactly what I ask him for skittles like if I'm like I want the blue pack of skittles he'll go and find it like I had one of those that was fun that's hard. but um I get in the car with him he pulls up and it's like starting the day these huge cameras outside of the like the door like so I'm like sitting in the car like oh my god <laughs> what in the hell did you get yourself into like I get out and they're like so you know i just had to be myself like i date all the time so i was like did you talk to yourself in the car before you got out like all right we got this we about to see there's another like they show one thing all right so there was multiple scenes that they had showed that they didn't show all the time and like i was recording like so i had a phone they gave me like had to record myself but i was in there like trying to get myself together like imagine like you know you're like all right we about to and then you see like a camera like happy like Half your size, like outside, just waiting, like all right. 
you get about to get out the car. So it was an interesting experience. And then meeting, then now dating a chick, you don't know how it's going to be. It's TV. You don't know, like, if you're getting pranked. You don't know if you know, like, you really don't know. You just go with the flow. Go with the flow, right? What's the name of this show? I might have to check it out. Blind, Blind Date on Bravo. Blind Season Blind. one, episode five. is on. Um, Bravo, that's what uh, Real Housewives, come on. It is. is that Portia or what? <laughs> Want to know funny thing? I actually have though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, What's so funny? I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I met her. I met her. I met her. She's. Yo, so has Blind Day opened up any other opportunities for you? Okay, so what I can talk because I have some things in the works right now, but um, it has. It really, it has. It has. Um, a lot of um, can I say? Yeah, I can. Um, a lot of people have been asking, you know, for, to be on, like, um, dating TV shows and stuff like that. Like, a lot of the major shows that you probably watched that have gone viral, Circle or Temptation Island or um, these different shows I've been asked to be on. It's just, it's tough now because I'm, like, seriously dating. So, yeah. And then one really, really big name show, I know that I can't say it, but um, it's a really, I, I can say this. It's still in the dating world, but it's, like, very big. That one, they were like intrigued, but they go down. Hey, you never know, man. That's the that's as big as it gets, man. I'm trying to tell you, that's as big as it gets. That was the, the blueprint. That was the blueprint. That, that was, was the blueprint. That was a moment for real. And then the that was the moment because New York deserves her flowers for real. Tiffany, not that she made she made that show, but you know New York has like her own stuff in that TV now, like black yeah. um, that black network. But um, yeah, it was definitely an interesting experience. The chick was very interesting. Uh, yeah. So so is it possible? Like, cause you saying this is like all real and stuff? It was possible because I seen I seen the, the episode. You know, the date looked cool. Was it possible it could have just went left? Like it would have been a bad date. Oh no! Like, so yeah, one thing I learned before I went on TV is that you can always, especially if you're on the TV, is to always resolve everything like on camera and then try to control it because them. They just want what's gonna, you know, sell viewers and yeah. all of that. So like any little drama, they're gonna record it. As, after you sign your, you sign down, they we can use your likeness and blah 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 blah. They can literally do that. So you gotta control that narrative. So like with me, like I was never gonna be upset. I was not gonna let nothing tick me off. Like I was just gonna have just a lot of self control. Cause like, I know there was moments, there was one time that it could have got really, really left as far as like, I, it, it just got, it could have gotten left. It could have gotten left, but um, I controlled that moment. So it don't, you know, happen. That's just what like, happened. damn, we almost had him. Yeah, they, they tried it. And then it's like, they also have you drinking and stuff. Like now I, I also learn from that one. So whenever I do also get on another show or another, you know, if I do get on another screen, big screen, Oh, I wouldn't say if, when I do, I will also know how to, you know, go about that. So you know, you're dating as well, and you're also on dating, uh, I guess, like TV shows, right? So how do you communicate that with your lady, you know, that, you know, this is only here, for, I'm only here for the bag. So how, how do you communicate? Honesty and um, transparency uh, and communication. All of those, like with me, everybody knows me is like, Sometimes I'm a little too honest when it even comes to girls. Like in college, when I dated a lot of girls, every single last one of them knew that. 
Like I never lied and said, hey, uh, you're the only person that I'm dating. There were times that were there were chicks that did come to me and say, hey, I don't like this. Um, I really like you and I want to see where this is going. If I was interested in them enough, I, I would cut other people off. If I didn't, we would just have to cut time. And that's just how I moved growing up, like to now. Like I'm just honest, like, hey, babe, this is what it is and this is what it's not. How do you feel about this? And, go ahead you off my fault but there was like a discussion today on twitter that i happened to come upon they was talking about somebody was talking about how like keeping it, player isn't, keeping it player isn't um isn't lying to folks it's telling them the truth and them still fucking with you how do y'all feel what do you think keeping it player is being yourself yeah keep it player like it's just being you. Keep it playing. Like not, I mean, not, not putting crazy. up a front. Like, like you were saying, is it being you honestly, like you were saying, or is it like? Yeah, it's like at the end of the day, like I have, you know, morals and values and principles. So I still walk bet between those guidelines, even when I'm like, you know, outside or in the streets or whatever. Like I always had that. Even when I was single, I was always, I always had morals and values because I, I look at women especially black women. I date only black women. Let's just, just get that out the way. I only date only black women. And Kevin Samuels has spoken. Let's cap it up for Let's cap it up. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but like realistically though, but it's like, I look at like black women, I put them to a high esteem. So I never, I never really was in their mindset of like me going into doing anybody dirty. It was when you, when you experience that person, you realize this is not what really aligns with me. Sometimes it's fun, but you, I, I always was that one like, Hey, let's just be honest. Sometimes I then got cursed out. My LBs and had to come in to save me, or like we had to figure things out. But hey, at the end of the day, honesty is coming out, and nobody can ever this part. But Michael over here co-signing, he's like, "It's true, it's true." It's true. <laughs> it's true. Like there's times that I've had to have my line brothers come in and you know talk to like you know you know Sean. Like to know means to love me. It's like everything that I do is out of love. Like I'm never gonna go into nothing to ruin nobody's you know life and all of that but it's just sometimes we just don't really connect like that it's hard to cut people off too all that being said one day if we you know we cool and we chilling and everything sean if you throw a drink in my face for these cameras i swear it's gonna be a problem right <laughs> nah just give him just give him some of the check after <laughs> if i see a dude in the bushes with a camera and next thing i know sean throwing some water in my face just know loving hip-hop mm. I, yeah, I ain't signed up yet. I ain't signed up yet. <laughs> uh, But that's dope, man. That's dope. So, uh, as always, uh, I don't know if there's a better push you on than, you know, this whole episode right here. So, uh, as always, at our shows, we have a segment where we call Push You On, where basically, um, you know, we pretty much put our guests on or put our audience on to anything that we may be listening to, anything we may be watching, anything that, uh, we may have going on, our friends that may have something going on, like it might be a business, uh, it might be a tip that you have, you know what I mean? Like, I think somebody might have put a, put the people on the Dogecoin, you know, a few weeks ago maybe, but whatever it is. So um, we'll give you some time to think of something if you have anything that you kind of want to give our listeners something to think about. Joey, I see you got to put you on. What should I put you on for this? So I saw this movie on Netflix literally last night. It's called In Our Mother's Gardens, and it's 
just uh, about Black women from across the globe who unlock their stories of their mothers to redefine holistic lives rooted in radical self-care and healing in this documentary. But it's like really dope. Like it just goes down. Like they talk about their mothers, their grandmothers, like these dope, powerful women in their lives and how that like um, just changed their trajectory their tra trajectory of life ultimately. It was dope. I really enjoyed it. Where'd you find that at? You said where? It's on Netflix. Netflix? Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely in the Mother's Garden. That sounds kind of. Yeah, I thought it was on Cinemax at first. You said it. Yeah, when you said in the Mother's Garden, I said, hold on. What, what you watching? Like, can I watch this with my family? Like, what? Yeah, all right. What kind of family friendly? You want, friendly okay. Michael just got a dirty mind. Damn. Hey, look, that's in your Mother's Garden. I thought, I don't know what you're talking about. Dirty shit. Damn. Trying to get my temple in the garden. That's right. <laughs> Y'all ain't even right for that. Check out the documentary because then you'll be like, ooh, I was way out of pocket. And you are. All right. Duke, what you got for us? Man, I got you. Um, J. Cole, my man been coming crazy last couple of days, man. So um, so he's dropping a, a, a album, um, the off season, which basically talks about his struggle from like becoming the artist that he is now, right? He was always working th through the off season. And I really wanna talk about his rollout. If any artist, any musician, whatever y'all doing, have a product, y'all need to copyright J. Cole. J. Cole is just launched that he's gonna be uh, playing pro basketball in Africa. Uh, he was just on Slam Magazine's cover. Um, he just dropped a freestyle today on LA Leakers. Um, my man is going on a crazy PR run for this specific project. Like, if any artist is listening to this, y'all need to really start copywriting with, with the, the, the the best of the best is doing right now. Jay Cole being his bad. I would even say don't even, like, only artists should copy him. Like, I look at the J. Cole, like, he's smart with his marketing. Like, yeah, he's you a don't have to be a music to do that. Nah, he's planning it all out. Okay, so as soon as I drop this, I'm going to be here, 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 here. So he's literally flooding the media. And every little blog and all that, because these blogs they cost, right? So he has the money where it's like, hey, I'll just give you a thousand dollars, just put this post about me. So he's staying relevant to all of us. But right? he don't have to even smart. put out that money anymore because all the other blogs are just doing it for free. So They're doing it for free, free exactly. Because but, he paid for that when he was younger. Yeah, his name to this level. It's also important to note that like he floods it when he needs it, right? Mm -hmm. And it's and it's not like he doing some like shysty shit to get those clicks, right? He's very intentional about that. I was just talking to somebody about how I appreciate like as much as I don't like how far, few and far between his projects are. I like that he, cause he also dropped um, like a 12 minute YouTube about the, like his background thinking on how this project came to be. And I was like, you know, between Kendrick and Cole, they both drop very few albums, right? They both drop very few projects, but something I appreciate about Cole over Kendrick, he's always going to give you that like mind frame intentions behind it as another free thing that you can tap into to even further connect to that album that Kendrick doesn't really do, which, you know, he don't have to, he don't owe us nothing ultimately, but the art, but I really appreciate about that, that about Cole. So thank you for bringing that up, dude. No doubt. DB, you got one? Yeah, I got one. Um, I honestly, I discovered this app um, not too long ago. Somebody sent it to me. It's a, it's a black owned app called uh, Noble. 
and you could like pay attention to like stocks and like cryptocurrency and like put some money in for it. Oh, what noble? Uh, noble, yeah, N O B L E. So you know you could look into that, mm-hmm. download it on this in the Apple Store and everything. And it's so, black owned, you said? Yeah, black owned. Yep, yep. Cool. And I didn't even really get to do too much with it besides making a profile. I actually got to like put some work in to see what's going on. But you know, black beast. That's you know, go get that. Check it out. I think uh, one of the ones I'm going I'm to talk about today since we we're touching on education. Uh, if anybody has like younger siblings or they have, you know, nieces, nephews, cousins that are about to start the college application process, check out the Black Common App um, or Common Black Application actually is what it's called, CBA, Common Black Application. So I don't know if anybody has like used Common App before, but basically you fill out one general application and through that application, it filters it to a whole bunch of different schools. So you don't have to pay a whole bunch of application fees. You don't have to go through you know, all the different separate applications. It's called the Common Black Application, um, CBA for short. You can Google it, you set it up just like a, a Common App um, and it applies to all these HBCUs. Almost every HBCU is, is on there through there. So um, I've known students that have submitted just one application to the, you know, the Common Black Application. And through that, they've gotten like over 50 acceptances to different HBCUs. They've been, you know, eligible for scholarships, aid, all that stuff like that. So definitely check it out. You have younger siblings, if you have, you know, cousins, whoever, or if you yourself are thinking about going back to school, check it out on Common Black Application. Common Black Application. Yeah, I definitely need that. My cousin has been hitting me up about getting college. She has a 4.8, y'all. 4.8 I'm going to tell you right now, wherever she can go to school for free. I've been trying to explain that to her, but her parents want her to go to Ivy League, right? But she doesn't want to go, so she's been just chilling at home. She has a 4.8, y'all. Like, four point eight. <laughs> you do what you want yeah, when you she, Whatever she wants to do, she can do it. She can yeah. do it. Um, I want to put on um, this, I don't know if it's an app or this website called brandresumes.com. So um, my girlfriend's dad put me on with that. There's a company of people that like, um, you fill out a profile, you fill it out and then they're gonna ask you specific questions and whatever workforce you wanna be in and all of that. So then they'll have somebody come in there and actually professionally write a resume. So they will edit it, write it out and they can also apply for jobs for you if you want that. Like if you don't have the time, they will like, go to your field, what exactly you want, and they will send out the applications on your behalf if you want that. They can also help you with your LinkedIn profile. They will go through and they tell you like keywords you need to add in there and take out and what, whatever you want. But resumes is what they're really known for. It's been, um, it's been mentioned in so many different, you know, uh, blogs and, and different magazines and stuff. So it's definitely a reputable company. That's dope, that's dope. Make sure y'all check that out, so. This is a great show, great information for our listeners, great information for us. Uh, definitely got some good tips, some good put you on. We had some laughs. So definitely want to thank Sean for coming out. Tell the people where they can find you, where they can get in touch with you, where they can see, you know, find your products, all that. All right. You can find me on Instagram at five of diamonds, the number five and diamonds with a Z. Uh, you can find the water at the top of water. You can find the flowers at your bouquet of flowers, and that's with an S. Yeah, yeah. If they go to your page, it has links to all the the water. Yeah, if you go to my page, everything is in my bio. Links. Um, you can click on links in my in the description, or you can just you know 
sometimes in my story, you can just swipe up. A lot of times I have something up there. Well, that's it for everybody. Hopefully everybody has a good night. Enjoy listening. Check out the water. Check out the flowers. Be blessed. See y'all next time. Hey, stay hydrated, my people. Peace. Peace. <laughs>